Welcome to Navigating the Modern World, a place to gain skills or new ways of thinking, coping, or approaching the areas of life that you may feel stuck, stagnant, fearful, or challenged. Hello and welcome to episode 43 of Navigating the Modern World. My name is Kimberly Johnson. I am your host. I am a mindset shifter, a peace warrior, and a sex advocate. I do life coaching and sex coaching here in the Denver, Colorado area. If you want to learn anything more about my work, you can find me at KimberlyCoaching.com. I want to start this podcast by just posing a question. We have a guest on today, Mr. Joshua Stallings is joining us again, and but before I introduce him and before we get into the podcast, I want to pose a question to begin allowing you to open up your heart and open up your mind for this conversation. So the question is, what calls to your heart? What in life sets your heart on fire? What makes you feel connected and whole and complete? What is that thing in life that it seems you just have to do that you don't really have an option that no matter how much you try to distract or avoid that it just keeps coming back think about it Let it pierce your heart in this moment. Let it wash over you. And the second question is, what stops you from fully going after that thing? What gets in the way of you being fully expressed doing that thing? What pulls you out of the game over and over again? Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's not feeling good enough. Whatever it is. That is what we're going to be talking about today on today's episode. I've brought Joshua Stallings back on, another passionate human being walking the planet. Joshua Stallings is a human rights activist. He specifically works with immigrants' rights here in the Denver, Colorado area. Um, And I have brought him on mostly to engage in a conversation 
And I, as you guys know, do life coaching and I also have things stop me. So today's conversation is about what stops us and then also what we can do about those things. So Josh, if you wouldn't mind um, sharing a little bit about what you do and then also let's just jump into the meat of it. What's one of the main things that kind of stops you from doing your work more fully in the world? Hi, it is great to be on the podcast. I'm excited to be back with you all. Um, I am passionate about a number of things. From a young age, I discovered that I really wanted to help people and be of service to the world and to others in some way. I was really interested in poverty, really interested in people that were marginalized and experienced life in a different way um, from me. In college, that looked like connecting with folks experiencing homelessness and really getting to have some deep conversations with people living on the streets and hearing their story and hopefully making them feel known and making them feel loved. After college, I spent a year living in Mexico and I worked in a shelter for migrants, people from Central America traveling through Mexico to get to the U.S. These people walked and they rode on cargo trains and um, some also chose other means of crossing the country, but they all experienced very tough situations situations where they were beat up and knocked down but kept going Um, during my time at the shelter I got to hear lots and lots of stories hundreds of stories met lots of people and learned more about what they experienced in life in their home countries and as they traveled through Mexico and so I developed a passion for advocating for for people um, fighting for their rights because as I saw people oppressed in Mexico from Central America, I knew that the same things were happening in the U.S. to Mexicans, to Central Americans, and to so many more people, um, whether that's people of color, LGBT folks, people that are homeless, people with disabilities. There's all kinds of people in our society that aren't treated fairly, that are knocked down, that feel left out and outcast. Um, And I have a heart for advocating for these people while also realizing that even folks like me have like all of our own struggles and also don't feel recognized. And so um, because of my experience in Mexico, I, I do feel like I have more of a knowledge base and understanding of folks that have immigrated here from Latin America. And so I'm currently involved in a couple of projects to advocate for immigrant rights um, through documenting abuses of immigrants, through helping people know their legal rights, through advocating um, in a legal way for um, immigrants, and um, really just helping them be able to establish their lives here um, so that they're not deported, not torn apart, um, but have the same privileges and rights that the rest of us citizens have. Mm, thanks for sharing all that. Okay, so what what stops you? Yes, something that I I found really challenging is though I I feel this connection with people, I also get in my head about thinking about how I can go about this. Um, And a big thing for me is just thinking about the power systems in our society when it comes to race, 
and just knowing that as a person who is white, who is straight, who comes from this middle class background, I have so many advantages in our society. And I know that my voice can drown out others in a way. And thus, I fear, I fear taking on too much um, responsibility and thus not allowing other people to have a voice and to have power. Um, and to be able to be liberated from the oppression they feel. Um, but I think even deeper than that, my what stops me is this kind of perfectionism where I feel like I have to do everything right and I'm afraid to make mistakes. And so there's not really a legitimate reason that I should feel like I'm going to be causing these problems and you know getting in people's ways. But it's more this fear that I don't know if I can do it perfect. I don't know if I've read enough books and if I've had enough experiences and if people want me in this position. And so instead of talking, instead of creating, instead of doing all the things I know I want to do, sometimes I sit back and worry and just think about, will this turn out the way I hope it does? Mm. No one listening can probably relate to that. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's interesting. I... I don't necessarily have the perfectionism. Um, I'm very clear I'm not perfect, and I'm very clear I'm going to mess up all the time. Um, but it is interesting because I, I in ways, stop myself. It doesn't seem like perfectionism, but it seems like something in the same vein. It's almost like like what you said, have I read enough books? Like That is the part that really resonates with me is – feeling like I don't know enough yet or feeling like I'm only 30 and I claim to be a life coach. And it's like in moments, it's funny, it's in moments I can totally like diminish my entire life and all of my experience because, you know, in the short life I've lived, I've lived a lot of life. A lot has happened and I take from that knowledge in hopes of being a safe space for others to really explore their own life and explore their own desires and goals and, and really like begin creating a life that is meaningful for them versus this life on autopilot that I see most people living. And I noticed too, that for myself, that every time that I get in my head about like, I don't know enough Or I will spend, like, I don't know how much time I will waste thinking about how I don't know enough or thinking about that I need to, maybe I should take this class, like researching classes, or maybe I should do this. And, like, so much time wasted where I could be out in the world doing my work. And it even stops me, you know, it's funny because I, so I'm, I'm in the process of, like, reaching out and contacting kind of, like, spaces in the community where I can host workshops. And yesterday I talked to this woman and the conversation was super awkward, right? Because I'm not like, I'm not used to cold calling people. So I was cold calling and it was super awkward. And I learned a lot in like a, a, like, I don't know, a three minute interaction. One, I learned that people are graceful. Like she was super graceful with me because I think she could tell that like I hadn't been... (laughs) cold calling many people. And so like, I didn't exactly know what to say. And, um, so she was super graceful with me. And then also like, 
I learned that it's really important to actually create connection, to actually like get to know these people before you just ask something of them. And so it was really interesting. I was like, oh, that's a really good thing to know. So instead of spending my time worrying about like me not knowing enough, like I actually can be out in the community, like getting to know these people and forming relationships that will then feed into my business, which may be like a trusted relationship. Somebody would allow me to use their space to host a workshop. And, um, and it's interesting because nobody talks about the learning curve of anything. I think that's like the main thing that I'm, that I'm curious about in this conversation too, is that nobody's really talking about the learning curve of things. Like you see these people either one doing their work in the world and nobody's ever talking about the struggle that they have or the challenges that they come up against in order to do this work. Or you just like, you just assume that people like are not doing their work. Like I know people that I see working in certain areas and, but they're really passionate about something else and they're not actually pursuing what they want. So it's like, it's like this two, this two way thing for me. Like I see people either acting like they're really passionate about something and not pursuing it, at least in my eyes, right? That's like almost a judgment or they're like hardcore pursuing it and you almost can only see their success. And I think that's probably like a part of our societal modeling too is like put all the successes on Instagram and put all the successes on Facebook, but like don't share your struggle. And I think something really beautiful about this podcast is I want to share both. I want to share the successes and also the struggle. So thank you for sharing your struggle and thank you for just getting real about the things that stop you. And I have a question, like if you think about those times when maybe you get into your head about whatever, maybe the perfectionism or the like, I don't want to overshadow people's voices, you know, what is the impact? What is the impact for you of living in your head versus being out there doing the work? It definitely becomes an isolating experience where my fear leads me to not want to act, to not want to take risks. And so instead of being engaged and being involved in the world, I, you know, kind of just stay in my head and worry, don't act, and kind of just like procrastinate and come up with excuses for why I'm not acting. And one of the interesting things as it ties into like race with this kind of question is, you know, there's a big, there's a big movement in the U.S. right now and over the last few years to um, relook at race and to think about ways that we can have a more just society and that people of color can have more power and so that things aren't so like white centric. Um, and it's interesting as a white person who cares about this, you know, we often ask, how can I be involved and what is my role in this movement? And one of the things that we're always told is, you know, I've always been told is because I'm white, I have a different audience, different people, different friends that listen to me and that hear my voice rather than someone who they don't know, who they just, you know, see on TV or talking, you know, see an article of. And thus, I'm able to touch people that someone else wouldn't. And so me being able to advocate for these matters of race, for these ways in which immigrants lack justice, I'm able to touch people that others wouldn't. And so I had this, this, this very, like, important niche but because I get in my head 
I don't end up reaching those people and don't end up doing the very thing that, you know, I have a, a certain skill set in or a, an opportunity in. And so I hear isolation, but what, what is even the impact of isolation? Like, what's the real impact? Because we, I think something that like, I feel like is so important in my coaching and so, so important in the work that I do in the world is like, people can see very clearly, like the reasons they don't do things and the ways that they distract or avoid things, but they don't get super clear on the impact Like, like you have a reason you want to do this work. So if you isolate, like, of course you're not doing the work, right? Okay. That's mm-hmm. obvious. But what is the impact of that? Besides maybe people not hearing the stories, but like, what's the deeper impact on you? I think on, on me, I become just more and more disheartened and kind of like lose sight of what I'm doing at all. Um, and in addition, it kind of defeats the whole purpose of what I'm going for in the, the first, the first you know, point, which is to have human connection and to be able to make people feel like they're known and they have dignity, that they are loved, that they have the same rights, that they have the same freedom, the same opportunity that I have. Totally. Yeah, I really hear that. It's like the impact is like, from what I'm hearing you say is like loss of connection and loss of even like vision and loss of even like hope. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I was trying to think about that even with my own self. Like what is the impact of me not being out in the world doing my work? And, um, and just being in my head and doing these things, like what is actually the impact for me? And I think the impact for me is like never actually, never actually being fully expressed. Because I don't know about you, but this thing that like my, my coaching and my work in the world is my work in the world. Like People ask me all the time, what got you into coaching? Like I have people ask me all the time, like, I want to be a life coach. Why are you a life coach? And there's really no other way to describe it except for I cannot imagine me doing anything else. And when something calls to you that much and then things stop you, you know, another thing that stops me often is fear of money fear of like intense failure. And it's funny because I fail and I succeed every day, like every single day. Like I, I just, I had like these workshops that were set up in the city and they just got canceled. So that to me is like almost like a small failure. Like there's a big story around it, but, um, So there's that, but then the same exact day, you know, I have somebody reach out to me about my podcast and how it's made a difference for them. And then the same day I have somebody from the UK, like asking me if they can coach with me. It's like, there are the successes and the failures. So it's like, for me to use that fear of failing as a thing that stops me is like, it is the thing that will keep me not being expressed in the world, not fully 
like being in the world as myself. And like I have this this spiritual thought all the time that really the only reason we're here is to be fully expressed, like fully. We each have different callings. We each are here for different reasons. That's what makes the whole of the puzzle. If we were all the centerpiece of the puzzle trying to all do the same thing, the world, it wouldn't work. But like we're all here and we all have different calling. And I think this conversation is really important because we all have things that want to pull us out of the game. Always. And whether it's fear of money, fear of failure, fear of perfectionism, um, or fear of you know, not being perfect, or fear of what others will think. Fear of marginalizing someone. Whatever it is. It really stops us from being fully present and fully in the world. And I notice that for myself, that that is the biggest loss for me. That is the biggest impact, is that something is calling to me. And I don't really know why. I didn't choose it. It kind of chose me. And for me not to do it feels like I will never actually realize who I truly am. That full self-expression. And that to me feels really painful. And that looking at that impact, it makes me want to act in the world even bigger. It makes me want to be like, no. Like, I think once we get clear on the impact that not doing this stuff is creating in our lives, we more willingly will want to take action and be present and go after it because the impact isn't worth it. Something that really helps me too that you've talked about quite a bit before is that our whole life is an opportunity to learn and every experience we have is an opportunity for growth. So I get in my head and I stop myself when I think I have to achieve perfection and I'm not there yet and I need to do more planning and you're really just more procrastinating. But when I can think about the fact that it's okay for me to make mistakes, it's okay for me to be wrong, to be called out, to have someone correct me, and I don't have to let those things you know, say anything about who I am. I'm not less of a person because those things happen. But, but that's just a part of life. And if I can take those things and realize that they're an opportunity for learning and for growth, I can continue to move forward. I know that you've, you've talked about that with you know, some of the failures and successes in your business, that it's, it's not, it doesn't mean anything that your business is wrong, but rather that you can continue to learn and grow. And it's this, this constant cycle of growth and mistakes and growth and birth and new life totally yeah I think that's like one of the things that really keeps me going in my business because there does feel like a high failure and a high success right like both feel equal (laughs) just as much as like I you know something great happens um something the opposite kind of happens and I think it's great because you have to show up for both. Life is both. Um, we live a whole life. We don't live this like half life that is only the good. It's just, that's not, that's not reality. Life is both pleasant and unpleasant. And, um, yeah. So I have a question. I have a question around kind of what we're talking about leading into. So, then what tactics, what practices, or what do you do to pull you out of the fear 
of wanting to have everything be perfect or the fear of potentially marginalizing someone or really feeling like, you know, what am I offering in this realm? Like, how do you pull yourself out? What are some things that you can offer to the people listening that have been helpful for you to kind of like step to that edge of that fear and step over and keep going and keep doing the work? For me, one of the biggest things has been having an attitude and a perspective of whimsy and playfulness, wanting to create and taking things kind of lightheartedly in a sense. Um, I feel like you have to care about things so much, but also have a really loose grasp at the same time and realize that the things that I create and things I do in the world aren't going to turn out necessarily how I imagine, but they're still going to be beautiful and they're still going to have meaning and they're still going to be great. And so having this perspective that it doesn't have to be perfect, but I can just learn and grow as things as things go on. And also just seeing seeing beauty in the world. Every time I really connect with someone or see beauty, I'm kind of called back to like, oh, this is what life is about. And this is what I'm here for the, here in the world doing. So when you're being really serious and heavy, how do you remind yourself to be playful? I'm kind of learning I'm kind of learning that still. Yeah, what are you learning? I I have a tendency to take things too seriously, but I think whenever I can whenever I experience connection with someone in my life, whenever someone makes me laugh, I'm like that's it. That felt so good. And then I kind of dive dive more into that. So maybe whenever you're feeling that way, you could reach out to someone that always will make you laugh or, you know, like really having, I feel like, I feel like as individuals who are passionate, we can have an action plan. We can have an action plan whenever we get into those head spaces, you know, what headspace we're talking about. Like we all have those head spaces and some of it is some of us, you know, it's in career. Some of us, it's in relationships. Some of us, it's, it's in a bunch of different things, your health and your well-being, right? Like we all get into these head spaces and we get into those head spaces because it matters. If something didn't matter to us, we would not waste time in our heads. We'd be like just on to the next thing. And I think it's important to have an action plan because life isn't some other day. Life isn't like whenever you know more. Life isn't when you know, your body looks perfect. Life isn't when you have the career of your dreams. Life isn't when you have all of the money that you could ever have thought you should have. Like, it's here. Yeah. And it's now. It's now. Exactly. And to create an action plan, you know, I was like thinking, and this is kind of random, but like for all of you listening, like what could be your action plan? What pulls you out of those things? So for Josh, he's saying like, playfulness and whimsy and I know Josh really well and you know even like maybe body movement that feels good like he's he's very very active person so like having an action plan like nope I'm in my head these are the things I need to do because these are the things that remind me of what's more important than sitting here wasting time in my head so for me 
you know, something that I can definitely do and something that I try to practice is anytime I'm in my head or I feel like I'm beating myself up or I always try to connect with someone, a stranger. And usually it's a homeless stranger. There's in my neighborhood, there's quite a few homeless. And so going and asking them like, what could, what do you need right now? Like, do you need some food? Do you need some water? And like really giving back because I notice that when I give back, I automatically reconnect. I automatically reconnect to the truth and to like what's more important than me wasting time in my head. And another thing that's super, super helpful for me is for me to get creative. So for me to start creating. So Currently right now I have like all of this content that I'm creating for workshops and for me to sit down and actually start creating. And so part of my action plan can be like step one, go give to somebody else, especially around money stuff. Like anytime I'm like worried about money to give is truly the best thing that I can do for myself because I realize when I'm giving that one money isn't mine. Like money is for coming into your life and going out of your life. Money is for me to make a difference in the world and also for me to like have my basic needs met. And so like when I give, I get really reconnected to what my money is actually for. And that's super helpful for me. And then two, getting creative, it reminds me that I do know so much already. And it reminds me that I am really good at what I do and that the thoughts that I'm having are just thoughts. So I want to like encourage all of you to think about your own action plan and you can do it like step one, step two, step three, step four. And usually step one for me, honestly, it's not giving, it's like meditating (laughs) because my worry usually ends up in anxiety and it's this really intense feeling in my body. It's like my thoughts manifest in my body and it's like this like heart palpitation and this feeling in my, my stomach. And so I'll usually set a timer for like 20 minutes and I'm pretty committed to sitting through my intense feelings. So I will sit through my intense feelings and then go and do whatever in the world that I need to do in order to reconnect me to what I'm doing. And Josh, is there anything else as I'm kind of speaking, anything else coming up for you around your own action plan or what you can do or what you want to offer the audience? Share your action plan with Mm. your spouse or with your best friend or your roommate or a loved one. Because sometimes when we're really in our heads, when I'm really in my head, I have a hard time. I don't necessarily recognize it at first. And so I'm so involved in this story that I've created that sometimes it takes a friend or takes a loved one, takes Kimberly noticing it and saying, hey, you're in your head. Like, what's going on? Do you need to go for a run? Do you need to exercise? Do you need to go out into the world and connect with people to get recentered. Mm, I love that accountability. Um, yeah, accountability is so vitally important. It's so easy for us to kind of like what Josh was saying earlier, to isolate during those times. And you can even tell someone like, whenever I text you and I tell you I'm isolating, can you remind me to do these three things? Can you remind me to meditate? Can you remind me to be giving? Can you remind me to be creative, right? To journal. To journal. Yeah, there are so many ways. Call your grandparents. <laughs> I've been really wanting to call my grandparents today, so I'm going to throw that in there. Dance. Dance. Yeah. There are so many ways to reconnect to that fire within us. 
And I want to make this conversation kind of normalized that we all have things that call to us. I deeply believe that. And even if right now, if you're thinking you're on this call, you're on this like podcast and you're thinking like, I don't really know what my thing is. Just think a little harder because it's probably right there. It's probably the thing that feels really easy for you. So just like really knowing that you're not alone, that all of us, no matter if we're going after our dreams or we're going after the things that call to our heart, all of us are like experiencing things that want to pull us out. And in knowing that you're not alone in that, also like gaining the skill to be able to get yourself back in the game. Something also I do is I usually just tell myself, like, this is just a story, Kimberly. This isn't true. Like, you don't know if you're going to run out of all your money. Like, you got, like, living more in reality than, than this, like, fantasy future that I'm creating that's kind of like an omin- uh, ominous future um, that's dark and, like, not necessary for me to do. So really get connected to the ways that you can pull yourself out. And I love Josh's idea of sharing it with everyone, everyone, the people you love, your family, and not doing it alone. We live in community for a reason. We do. We do. And the future isn't as scarce as our minds want to make it out to be. There's so much abundance here in the present. And just as we get hurt in relationships and we try to guard ourselves for the future, I think we do that with our dreams too. We're afraid that, you know, something's going to happen. We're not going to have success. Things are going to turn out the way we want them to. And so we guard ourselves instead of truly living and being in this moment Mm. and living vibrantly and fully and like the wild animals that we are. (laughs) We'll end it at that. Go out into the world and live like the wild animal that you are. Josh, thank you so much for being on today. Thank you, Kimberly. Thank you, everyone listening. If anybody has anything come up from this podcast, please, please, please reach out to us. You can reach out to either of us by going to KimberlyCoaching.com and you can write in, there's like a contact me form. Um, You can also, Josh, do you want to give your email or something if somebody wants to reach out to you? Feel free to contact me at joshstallings at yahoo.com. That is J-O-S-H-S-T-A-L-L-I-N-G-S at yahoo.com. And if you want to read some of my past experiences and experiences working with immigrants and migrants, look me up at joshstallings.blogspot.com. Yay! Thank you guys so much. I hope that this was an offering and I can't wait until next time.